Wonder how that woman came up with her cool idea and turned it into a business? Listen in to find out how. Welcome to Women Inspired. I'm your host, Linda Ugalow, and in the show you get a look, an inside look, into how changemakers, artists, healers, and entrepreneurs take their dreams and put them into action. And today my guest is Renu Botswick. Welcome to Hi. the show. And so I know you from my town, Bedford, and I know that you are really involved in a couple of groups called Mothers Out Front and mm -hmm. a, another action group. Can you tell us about what you're, what you're involved with? Sure. Um, so this year I'm a co-coordinator for the Bedford chapter of Mothers Out Front and I'm also um, the chair of the climate justice group at our church, First Parish in Bedford. So Mothers Out Front, tell us what is Mothers Out Front? So Mothers Out Front um, is a group that's been around for about three years now, and it started in Massachusetts. And um, the idea is that um, you know climate change is an issue that we can no longer ignore, and that is going to affect our children and our grandchildren. And mothers have um, you know vested interest in making sure our children have a livable climate and a livable future. And so, and mothers also have. <clears throat> a great ability to to network with others, to connect with others one-on-one, -on -one, and to spread the word and do what's right for all children. And um, so the model is that um, we will grow the movement we need in order to make the changes we need in our society in order to give our children a livable climate. Mm -hmm. So that's how Mothers Out Front is mm -hmm. structured. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I think it's a, it's a brilliant construct because as a mother myself I remember being on the playground or involved mm -hmm. with playgroups or school activities you're always interacting with other moms and there's always time to chat exactly so it is yeah. brilliant so what is what does the group do is it simply like this is important <clears throat> and so this is national now or how far has it gone um well there are I believe 11 chapters in Massachusetts right now. It's mm -hmm. uh, based on towns, and any town can start a, a group, um, a team. And um, I think um, Mothers Out Front is poised to grow a lot this year um, with new groups starting in many more Massachusetts towns. Um, and there's a group in upstate New York, and there's another team in um, Virginia. Um, and uh, I just heard that there's a new one starting in California, and and there's interest from other states as well. So as word is getting out that there is such a, a way to make change and to come together to you know, to work together, um, I think there is a lot of interest. That's exciting. Forward. It is that, very that exciting. kind of like moment of this idea is like. Spreading. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, for sure. So, what does the group uh, promote? Is it? Uh, I started to ask you that before, and then mm -hmm. got sidetracked with my other question. Mm -hmm. So, is it um, just the idea that we have to do something and letting the local chapters create their own actions, or how, mm -hmm. how does it work? Um, so, for the first couple of years, the the strategy was to um, um, get people to switch their their electricity usage to all renewables. So, you know, we ourselves can opt to pay a little extra on our on our electricity bill so that new renewable energy can be brought onto the grid. Mm. Um, and so the the idea was that, you know, like Tupperware parties of 
years past, mm -hmm. um, we would have house parties where mothers would invite their friends and hear about climate change in general, mothers out front um, in particular, how to get groups going, and also how to switch your electricity. Mm -hmm. um, after that, that campaign was, you know, you know, brought all the groups together for a few years, and now the campaign is about gas leaks. Uh -huh. And you might have seen things about that locally yes, in I Bedford. Uh -huh. <laughs> we did a big gas leaks tagging campaign, and it's ongoing at the moment. Which means? Which means that we are, um, we have uh, placed markers at all the known gas leaks that the gas utility company So this is a, a big problem, huh? Yes, there are thousands of leaks in Massachusetts. Wow, and, and what does that mean? That means that um, our infrastructure under our streets, the gas pipes are aging, and Massachusetts has one of the oldest infrastructure for natural gas in the country, um, so-called natural gas. The problem with it is when, when it's unburned and goes out into the atmosphere unburned, it's mostly methane, and methane is um, is is like carbon dioxide on steroids. It's a much more potent greenhouse gas, and so it causes global warming, you know, in an accelerated way. Um, and so plugging leaks is is extremely important, but unfortunately the problem is that the gas utility companies are only required to fix um, the ones that are explosion risks. So if a leak is in the middle of the street, uh, they don't ever have to fix it uh, until recently. And um, on top of that, they're allowed to pass that cost of the unburned methane onto customers. So on our utility bills, the, there's a line oh. items for lost and unaccounted for gas, uh -huh. which is all this All this lost secret. Gas all the secret hidden costs on our bills. Exactly, and so there's no financial incentive to fix some of these leaks, and some of them, like the oldest one in, in Bedford. So we're paying for gas that's leaking. Exactly. So um, I don't know any other, you know, you know, business that is allowed to do that. You know, suppose their merchandise falls off the truck. They're not allowed to, you know, charge the customers directly for that lost merchandise, but the gas utility companies are allowed to do that. Mm. And so there's no financial incentive to fix this problem. And so, for example, the oldest gas leak in Bedford has been open and known and recorded by the gas company for 26 years. 26 years. Yes. That's a long time. <laughs> that is a long time. So, like, what, what kind of actions are you taking to make a difference? So a lot of it is, um, you know, making sure that our, our leaders, the, those who are in you know, in power to make decisions, um, know what we want and what is the right action. So the challenge is to make our voices louder than the lobbying efforts of the large companies. And so how do you do that? So we get together, you know, we, you know, if you, if you have 20 mothers show up at a Department of Public Utilities meeting, it makes a difference. Mm. Um, if you have even five local Bedford mothers show up at a selectman's meeting or a historic district commission meeting or any of the you know planning board meeting it makes a difference mm. and so the 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 idea is to you know make sure that our um, you know what we need to do is you know seen so somebody by the leaders. in that group is invited to speak and make a comment is that what so happens so public utility meetings for example that happen in Boston are open to the public and you can 
you know, sign up to make a comment. And so mothers out front, you know, might know about these meetings and will publicize it among all the teams. And as many people as can can show up, you know, show up at uh, 12 o'clock on a Tuesday in Boston for the Department of Public Utilities meeting, for example, and um, and give a two-minute testimony and um, hour after hour of people saying common sense things. Um, but in the end, you know, sometimes the rules still don't go our way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of effort involved in yeah. making sure that uh, rules get changed. But recently, the Mothers Out Front was instrumental in um, getting um, an ordinance passed in Boston that requires utility companies to uh, fix all leaks when they're open and to measure and report leaks. Um, to the city, and so wow. So there has been progress made. There has been progress, yeah. yes. So, but on the flip side, there must be a lot of times that you feel frustrated, and like you can't break through, or your voice doesn't isn't heard, or even as you say, you can speak for hours and still it goes against you. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you deal with that? Like, what's the attitude? Like, how do you keep going? Um, so the first year for me was really difficult. This is the second year that I've been involved with Mothers Out Front. And the first year, I, you know, I was a little discouraged because I thought, you know, with all the effort we're putting in and how many people are speaking, you know, common sense, you know, of course our lawmakers will make the right decision. And I saw the snail's pace of legislation and mm. how, you know, um, common sense legislation does not get put into place. And I don't really understand the back backroom dealings that go on with our legislation legislative process but um, I'm starting to see that it is a long road and you just have to keep at it um, you know what other choice do we have I mean what else can we do for our children other than just keep at it mm -hmm. so so yeah. you're doing this with other people do you find like if you get discouraged there are other people who say you know to rally to the cause and that you kind of share the, um, the energy or the motivation that's needed? That's certainly true. Um, so one thing about climate change is that once you start thinking about it deeply, you end up depressed. You know, <laughs> that's what keeps so many people from taking action because it's just such a large and depressing thing to think about. It feels overwhelming and too big. Too big. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that keeps that at bay is working with other people. Like you c go into a room with, you know, 10 other mothers all wearing the same t-shirt, whether you know them or not, you instantly have this bond and this feeling of I'm not alone and I'm not doing this alone. Mm -hmm. And that there are all these other people who are, you know, going to pick up the baton if, you know, I'm not able to do one thing or another. Mm -hmm. So you have this sense of, you know, you're working with a team. Mm -hmm. So that's so a great feeling. So even regardless of where you, you know, the accomplishment or the steps or pushing the, the line of where things are placed, um, you're at least uh, um, able to enjoy the process a little bit and yep. kind of you have a community that you enjoy being together with exactly. and you share values. And yeah, and I've met so many strong, amazing women. It's just been incredible. Uh -huh. And you know, I've learned so much over the past year and a half, two years um, working you know, on this topic um, because you have something outside of yourself to work on. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I'm never, you know, enjoyed public speaking or anything like that and I still don't actually but but here you are but, <laughs> but I feel like it's something that has to be done and so you know you you go ahead and do it <laughs> that's that's yeah. terrific
I mean, it's really great because what it kind of shows that you can become involved with something that is seemingly an oppressive subject, or mm -hmm. as you say, it can, you can feel depressed from it or discouraged before you start. Mm -hmm. But when you join in with other people who are passionate and you're banding together and you're you're creating community, mm -hmm. it makes it a whole other kind of experience. It sure does. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's it's cool. not it's not just the work, it's yeah. the community too yeah. that you hit it right on the head. <laughs> so you're talking about all these groups uh, around the Boston area, around Massachusetts, starting in a few other places like Virginia, New mm -hmm. York, mm -hmm. maybe California, which is really cool. Do you think that um, like is there travel, is there going to be like people learning from the groups here on how to organize, like how, does, how yeah. is it gonna spread? I'm not 100% sure how, um, you know, the staff at Mothers Out Front is, you know, working on the, the growth, mm -hmm. um, but hopefully not too much air travel because that's a huge contributor to climate change, mm -hmm. so. So use our technology. I'm assuming rather. there'll be a lot of Skype meetings uh -huh. and there already is a lot of that, mm -hmm. you know, where, you know, people, you know, use their computers to have meetings and mm -hmm. learn from each other. Mm -hmm. um, we have conference calls and already that's how, you know, we tend to have meetings and mm -hmm. so. Great. So then what is the connection between Mothers Out Front and your local action group? Um, no direct connection except that a lot of the local Bedford Mothers Out Front um, members are also First Parish Climate Justice so first, Group members. So First Parish is a um, the church in town here yes. on the common. Yep. So it's a church community. It's a church community. Okay. It's a Unitarian Universalist church. Mm -hmm. And um, the Climate Justice Group um, started around the same time that our Mothers Out Front group started in spring of 2015. And um, so the, the Climate Justice Group has a little bit, you know, different focus in that um, you know, um, it's a it's a matter of justice for people who are um, most affected. So climate, it, you know, it's a climate justice group because um, climate change affects all of us eventually, but it affects the people who are least able to deal with the consequences of it first. For example, the poorest communities are the ones that are hit first. The you know the coastal communities, the people in Bangladesh, those are the people who are you know affected first by islanders. Exactly, mm -hmm. yeah, the low-lying areas. Mm -hmm. You know, people who you know for one contribute the least to the problem because they don't drive around and fly around and you know use as many goods as we do. Mm -hmm. um, but they are the ones who you know will get affected first. Mm -hmm and are, have already been affected, for example, Hurricane Katrina, right. you know, Superstorm Sandy, mm -hmm. you know, the, the war in Syria, you know, was caused by four years of drought with people leaving the, you know, sub, um, the farming areas because of the drought and moving into the cities caused the you know, unrest mm -hmm. and war. So how do you, how do you like affect change or support for these communities that are far away? Mm -hmm. um, well, we've, uh, most recently we had a, a fundraising effort for the Standing Rock Sioux mm -hmm. out in um, the Dakotas for the North Dakota, uh, the Dakota Access Pipeline mm -hmm. that's being built. Um, and one of our ministers actually went there to um, provide um, 
pastoral care. Mm -hmm. And um, so we did a, you know, a matching fundraiser. We have a social responsibility council that has a certain amount of money to, you know, give to good causes every year. And so we put in an application for the um, Standing Rock Sioux and um, got a matching grant. And so our congregation chipped in and we were able to send something like $2,700 to, to them um, to help in the to help the water protectors, as they call themselves, mm -hmm. to uh, protect the land against this new pipeline that's being put in. Yeah, yeah. So um, before you had children, when you were growing up, was this an issue or something that you thought, oh, I want to get involved with this at some point in my life? Never. Never. <laughs> never. Um, I mean, as a child, I mean, you don't think about that kind of thing, I don't think. Um, I never did. Um, but I did have, you know, part of my childhood was in India. And um, my father's family lives in a, in a smaller village kind of place where, um, you know, we use well water and it's, um, you know, it's the roads aren't fully paved and it's a very rural kind of life. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, I've, with that experience, I felt like, I, you know, I was living closer to the land than, you know, a modern Western upbringing would give me, um, and so I think that gave me a connection and gave me a sense of, you know, the connection of us to the land. Mm. Um, and then, you know, as a young adult starting our lives, you know, I heard about climate change 25 years ago and and assumed that I'll make the changes I can, and, and I assumed that everyone else would do the same. But over the, you know, past 25 years, it's, I've been finding that it's not so, <laughs> and that in fact our society has been moving in the opposite direction, like with sport utility vehicles and driving everywhere and disposable cups left and right, and you know the number of changes have been going in the absolute wrong direction rather mm. than in the in the direction of you know preserving our earth, mm. and so it's only you know seeing that the world is not making the changes we need to make um, that has made me realize that our own individual actions are not doing enough. And so we need to you know, make systemic change, societal change. And to do that, you can only do it with other people. You mm -hmm. can't just you know, compost yourself and walk places and expect the world to, to change. <laughs> Everyone to take their part and think the same way you do and exactly so yeah. when you found out about these two groups mm -hmm. um, it was a, like a no-brainer for you did you like jump right in or did you have to think about it I, I kind of did jump right in mm -hmm. I guess you know the time was ripe because um, I, I had been thinking about this for you know a long time and mm -hmm. had been despairing about how the world is moving in the wrong direction mm -hmm. in terms of climate change um, and so, you know, and, Car and Carlo Faulkner Carroll is the person who started the Mothers Out Front group in Bedford. And when Carlo, you know, and she's a good friend of ours, um, and so when she said she's starting the Bedford group, you know, I said, sure, I'll, I'll help. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and, um, and with our church as well, um, we have this great climate justice organizer named Evan Seitz, who is a young man who grew up in our church. and. Um, he, you know, had this change in, you know, an eye-opening experience in Haiti where he, you know, realized that we need to 
make large-scale changes in order to you know, combat climate change. And so he decided to leave his job and become a full-time climate justice organizer. Mm. And so he came to the church he grew up in and said, you know, I'd like to start a group, you know, would you all be interested? And there were several people, you know, we had done some work as a green sanctuary where we, you know, did the work of, you know, changing the way the church deals with its own footprint, mm -hmm. um, and also a little bit of reaching out to the you know local community, mm -hmm. um, and so this seemed like a natural next step mm -hmm. of broader changes for, you know, outside just our local community. Mm -hmm. So how do you deal with people who maybe don't see the world the same way as you? Do you come across people who challenge? the underlying science science and perspective or do uh, not you not too many not too many overtly in Massachusetts anyway mm -hmm. um, <laughs> though I do see some people who say one thing and then behave a different way mm -hmm. um, which makes it obvious that they don't really think it's a problem <laughs> but um, I mean I don't I mean I think the science is clear I mean there is no subject in you know scientific study so far that has had as much consensus about human cause you know global warming mm -hmm. um, and so I don't and since I don't encounter that many people who deny climate change um, I don't have to spend a lot of my time convincing people about it mm -hmm. um, I think the, uh, the larger challenge is to get people who already do know about it and do understand it to actually make changes and to, you know, to take action to mm -hmm. make changes. Mm -hmm. um, I would think that part of it is overcoming people's resistance or showing how to make things easy enough mm -hmm. that it's not going to, that they can still enjoy their lives, they're not going to feel deprived. Yeah. Um, that maybe their lives are enhanced. Yeah, I, I think it is in, yeah. a, in many ways because, you know, our lives have become more insulated and less connected with others and all the changes we need to make, I think, will bring us in, in closer contact with other people and mm -hmm. give us more connections to others and it'll, it'll give us something that we need inside, mm -hmm. you know? even if we might get wet, wet walking mm -hmm. <laughs> instead of using our car. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there, I think there are lots of benefits to be had mm -hmm. from, you know, making the changes we need. Mm -hmm. um, and so are you hopeful? I'm very hopeful. Otherwise, I would not be able to keep doing this. <laughs> uh -huh. I'm, yeah, I'm very hopeful because, um, you know, even the little changes that we make, you know, I find that it, uh, you know, it brings something you know, almost spiritual to our lives. Mm -hmm. And so it's, um, you know, it's, the changes are great. Mm -hmm. um, but um, the hard part is that, you know, people are scared of change, no matter what it is. <laughs> and so... And so what, how do you relate that to this work? Um, you know, people are worried about, you know, lifestyles changing and, you know, what will happen. Um, but the thing is that, you know, as we change things, we'll find a way to make our lives meaningful, mm -hmm. you know. And so, uh, we just need to make the changes that we know our kids need. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Right. So I have a, a little activity that I'd love to do, which is to pick a, an attribute from my little box here. Okay. <laughs> that because I really feel that being 
a change maker, an artist, a healer, or an entrepreneur. It's all part of it is the outer journey, you know, the mm -hmm. actual things we do. Mm -hmm. But part of it, a lot of it, is also our inner attitude. Mm -hmm. And so I have some attributes that mm -hmm. I'd love for you to pick one. Okay. <laughs> and and just say what you think it, what meaning it has for the work that you're doing. Okay. Let's see. Kindness. So in all this work that I've been doing with, you know, meeting lots of people who are working on similar issues, kindness is the one thing that I find among everyone. There's a there's a camaraderie and um, and a sense that um, a sense of community that you know cannot exist without kindness between people. And so I think um, doing this work has brought me face to face with lots of human kindness, mm -hmm. and that's been you know heartwarming. <laughs> mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. And so if people want to learn more about either of these organizations to see how they might be able to create a similar organization in their own locale or possibly mm -hmm. if they're local that they could join what you're doing here, There's where would they go? There's lots of stuff to help with. So uh -huh. <laughs> There's mothersoutfront.org. Okay, mothersoutfront.org. And we'll put this in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and our church group, you know, it's uubedford.org, uh -huh. and from there you can find the Climate Justice page. Climate Justice. Yeah. Or you can email me, mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> Bostwick at gmail.com. <laughs> and so Botswick. Renu is R-E-N-U, mm -hmm. and how do you spell your last name? Bostwick, B-O-S-T-W-I-C-K. Okay, great. And so is there one last parting thought that you have about people who want to get involved in some kind of cause, mm -hmm. you know, how to, like, what, what would you advise somebody who wants to get involved in something and is um, sitting on the fence? Um, one is um, just start, you know, meeting other people and just attending. You know, sometimes you don't have to actually do anything right away, but just hearing about what's going on will give you an idea about where you could contribute. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there's so many ways to contribute, you know, you know, taking pictures and writing articles or just showing up at a meeting or, you know, showing up at a hearing. Bringing cookies. Bringing cookies, <laughs> exactly. There's so many ways to help, you know, so many, so many ways to help. So, uh -huh. um, you know, just knowing what's going on, just, you know, find the group and find their meeting times and mm -hmm. or their mailing lists or newsletters. Yeah, I think that's a great point because I, mm -hmm. I imagine that some people say, oh, I don't know if I want to get involved because what is my commitment going to be? Mm -hmm. exactly. And what you're saying is that there are so many ways to contribute. Mm -hmm. You're not required to, like, spend six hours making phone calls a week. Exactly. It could be something very, like, that fits into your life that's minimal that feels doable and worthwhile. Exactly, and it could be just a one-time thing, and as you do one thing, you find you get something out of it, and then you'll do another, and um, you know, you do what feels right to you, and it'll happen. <laughs> That's wonderful, so mm -hmm. inspiring. Thank you so much, Renu, for coming in today. Thank I've you. I love talking to you. Thanks for having me. Whoa.
Thank you for listening to Women Inspired. The show is recorded live in the studios of Bedford TV in Massachusetts. Music courtesy of Sheik Gamin. If you like this episode, please leave a review or comment. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or watch all the TV episodes of Women Inspired with the show notes and links at www.lindayugalo.com forward slash TV. Thank you.